Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. How many enjoyed the series on the authority of the believer? Um, at, so I'm in transitions of, of, uh, of series. So I really was praying this week, and I really felt like this is going to be a, perf- a good, old-fashioned preaching, teaching sermon that will bring ministry to your soul. Seriously, that will bring healing to your soul. I believe that what, what I'm going to share today and the principles I'm going to share today is going to be very encouraging, especially if you're going through any type of storm. Come on, somebody. I said, come on, somebody. And I, know, and I don't like to want to be super preachy, but I want to say this. You, you, there's three types of people in this room. It doesn't matter if you're Chinese, black, white, uh, Spanish, whatever. You are either have come out of a severe frustration, pain, turbulent time. You fill in the blanks just recently, and you're finally uh, breathing a little bit out of some of the storms that you come in. Or you're type 2 person where you're constantly or you're currently in this whirlwind, this storm. Come on. Or this, this painful frustration season. Come on, am I talking to anybody? You're, in a, you're stuck in, currently in a, in a predicament, in a frustrating, painful season now. And it seems like forever, by the way. Isn't, it, isn't that the truth? When, when you're out of it, it's good. But when you're in it, it seems like forever. And number three, you're going to eventually run into a storm. You're going to eventually run into some frustration. And so I want to give some language on the season of pain, the purpose of pain. But I, uh, I've entitled this um, The Rain and the Sun. The Rain and the Sun. And, and now the rain and the sun, you're going to see in just a moment, uh, has two um, different characteristics each for each one. So the rain is good when you're hot. And, and it's good when the, there, there's, fr- um, there's famine in the land. Come on, say amen or in your, or, right, or in your spirit, right? The rain comes and refreshes the, 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 the fruit on the ground, the grass, and it, and it brings life. Those are the good aspects of rain. But there's a, there's a very bothersome part of the rain because rain is also symbolic of all hell coming loose on somebody. Rain also can be very disturbing. It could be a torrential downpour of a storm. And so that type of rain is very agitating. It moves stuff. It breaks stuff. Listen, there's a difference between a rain that is gentle and it it, it flourishes the, the ground than a hurricane or a cyclone that comes and destroys homes. Do you see that, right? So, so the rain, so I'm going to call it the rain and the the sun and the rain. Now, the sun brings warmth when it's when it's um, cold. It brings light when it's dark. But the sun also brings very, very uncomfortable heat, very uncomfortable humidity mixed with it. And so, uh, if you if you're not careful, there's also a good part of the of the sun. But there's also the torrential downpour of the rays of the sun that actually, if people are not um, covered well, they actually have gotten skin cancer because too much sun. Now, I want to navigate this morning on how to handle the negative sides of the rain and the sun. The negative side. Because right now, I prophesy to you, some of you are in a storm. And you're in the heat. You're in the boiling water. 
right now. Your, 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 your relationships, your marriage, your finances, your attitudes, all your life, your business, your finances. There, it, it seems to a lot in the body of Christ that are, you're, you've been put in boiling water, hot water, and winds and storms. And it, it seeks one main thing, to get you to be disobedient to the Lord and to the relationships here on earth. It got quiet up in this Methodist church up in here. So I want to start first on 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Again, this is not a series. I could turn it into a series, but I, I, I just want to just release this for you. Are you there? Say amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if you could put it on the screen, guys, uh, in the New King James. Kind of popular scriptures, but I want to make sure that you guys um, are here with me. If you're there, say amen. amen. Again, open your Bible, 2 Corinthians 4, or your smart device. Chapter 4, verse 16, 18. This is Paul the Apostle speaking, saying, therefore, we do not lose heart. I love how he starts that. It's almost like, you know, when, when you're about to get ready for a papau, you know, Spanish people say papau, right? That means you're about to get a spanking, right? It's almost like I never understood why my mom would say, now this is going to hurt me more than you. I'm like, no, it ain't. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's going to hurt me much more than you. But it was her way of preparing was about to have, you know, just preparing for the thunder, right? Right? Therefore, we do not lose heart. Okay, wh why would he say that? Why would he say, don't lose heart because of what he's about to say next? Listen to me. What Paul's about to say next, he's not quoting it just from a book. He's quoting it from his own life experiences. Mixed with the, the divine revelation of the Holy Spirit. Hey, listen, let, let me just, this real quick side, side note. There's no more powerful flow out of your life than a personal experience of what you've gone through and that God's delivered you. And now you use that as a tool to, to beat the devil up and to minister to people. All right. So what Paul is saying, he did it himself. Now watch this. I want you to feel that this is you. God is speaking to you. All right. We do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, our inward man is being renewed day by day. Now look at Paul the Apostle speaking. We're talking about Paul the Apostle says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, Paul the Apostle calls light affliction being stoned to death. How many of us have ever been stoned in our life and say, man, that was just, ah, just, a little, just a little bruise on my... He got stoned to death. He got raised up. The Bible says they stoned him and he was left for dead and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit lifted him up. When's the last time you had boulders, people take boulders and throw it at your skull until your jaw started getting hinged and broke? That's what they do with stoning people. They would tie them up and they would release the stones and their, their craniums would crack and their, and their jaws would be broken and they would, be, and they would beat them up until they had no life in them. Paul the Apostle called stoning light affliction. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. You're going to shout. Light, light affliction. We call our AC being broken big aff affliction. We call that ready to backslide affliction. 
I got no AC in my house. Where's God? I've been tithing and he's not there. And he, right? So here's, here's Paul preaching the gospel of anybody. Oh, 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 and by the way, he was one of the only ones that went to the third heaven. Third heaven. Like, none of us have hardly done that. He had like this, this access of this third heaven, and yet God allowed him to go through affliction. Look, look at this. He calls light affliction being whipped and flogged 39 times, three times. Three times. Get on that post. About 39 times, they say, that was the typical flogging time, right? He calls that light affliction. Getting stoned. Oh, not only that, he calls light affliction being robbed and being naked. His own Christian brothers robbing him. When he's doing the work of the Lord, he's starving. The Bible says in Acts that they, they, they stole everything from him. He was walking naked. He was, he was shipwrecked, barely alive. And he says, for our light affliction. Oh, I'm going to preach this morning. That is just for a moment. I know it seems like an eternity on earth, but a day with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. With the Lord is a moment. But why did Paul say this? Because Paul had a revelation that many of us don't have when we're going through struggling and frustration and pain, which is he had an eternal perspective, perspective of the scriptures. He said, why? He said, how, how do you know that, Pastor George? Because in that same verse, he says, for our light affliction is working for us a far more weight of glory. He's saying to us, he's saying there's something greater than this temporary pain I'm going through. And if I, and if I remain faithful, there's going to be some great glory that, I've, that cannot be compared here to earth. But I will tell you this, that the purpose for affliction, frustration, uh, pain, you, name, you fill in the blanks. And some of you are just really, you're not really so much in pain uh, emotionally, but you're in a frustrated season. The goal, everybody say the goal is to get you disobedient to the Lord. That's the goal. That's the number one goal. The number one goal of pain is to withdraw you from pursuing the Lord, withdraw you from, uh, from uh, staying in there and giving up and throwing in the towel. That is the goal of pain. That is the goal of frustration. That is the goal of all these emotional things and storms that you're going through. That is the number one goal, is to sidetrack you and uproot you, even, dare I say, from the house of the Lord. That's why the Bible says, he who is planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the course of their God. So let's put that in the opposite. Those who are not planted shall not flourish. I'm only saying what the Bible is saying, and I'm just putting it if it wasn't said that way. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, offense uproots more Christians than I've seen almost than even temptation does. Even temptation for the world or drugs or going back to the clubs, offense and bitterness uproots church people from the house of God. And guess who's usually the, the cause of offense? It's either our own family or Christians. It's, it's usually never the world that, it's, listen, it's usually never the world that is offending Christians and causing Christians to be uprooted from their walk with God. Because the worldly people don't have a relationship with God. It's usually our family that we're close to or usually other Christians in the house of the Lord or in the Christian community. Paul says, our light affliction. He had a perspective of the scriptures, but he also had a revelation. Are you ready for this? What pain and affliction would produce in him. And that is not preached on a lot. Because all of us want to be strong without going through affliction. 
Now, I know this sounds really preachy, and I'm not trying to be preachy this morning. But I was, uh, but, but listen, okay, I'll, I'll, do, I'll preach it then. Everybody in here has a testimony. But the testimonies that are more powerful are the most powerful are the ones that took the test of the wind, the sun, and the rain and stood standing after the storm. Didn't mean you fell, didn't fall a couple of times. Yeah, you're going to fall a couple of times. But you have to have perspective on what is happening. And here's a big clue. When you're going through a storm, when you're going through the rain, when you're going through the heat, God has not left you or abandoned you. That is the number one thing that the enemy tries to convince you. I may have just messed up. I must be the, 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 the cursed of the world because I'm not even getting any salvation from the Lord. No, when you're going through a storm, it does not mean God has left you. It means there's a revelation for you to go through to possibly see the strength of the Lord come in a greater way. Why do I say that? Because you can't even spell testimony without test. Come on, son. You, the, the first four letters of testimony is test. You want to have a testimony? I want to have a testimony. I want to have a testimony. Be, get ready to be tested. Get ready for your faith to be tested. Get ready to, 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 to struggle with doubt. Get ready to hang up, to want to give up everything. And you're tested, and you're tested, and you're tested because it's through the word of our testimony that we overcome the devil. And they overcame him, revelations by three things. Not great preaching. I, I would love if it said that. And they overcame the devil by great preaching. And they, great, they overcame the devil by great outreaches. All that is great. But none of that overcame the devil. In the revelations it says they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb, not loving their life to the death, and the word of their testimony. Well, you can't have a testimony if you haven't passed the test. Eventually you have a testimony, but as long as you're not passing the test, it's not a testimony yet. And that's why God had to tell the children of Israel, how long are you going to run around and march around this mountain? It's almost like the Lord says, I'm tired of you saying that you're going to do it and never going to do it. And you keep circling the same mountain. How ridiculous would it be if you would see me in your car circling this building and you see me for days circling this building. You're like, what's wrong with Pastor George? He's lost his head. I'm just, uh, one day I'm going to get there, Lord. One day, one day, one day. One day I'm going to stop this. One day I'm going to stop this addiction. One day I'm going to stop this. And you look at me and you're like, hey, what, what's going on? And then you come to me and say, hey, what are you doing? I'm just trying to get some freedom. I'm trying to get to the destination called freedom. And you're going to be like, you're not going to do it running around this church over and over again? There are some things that you have to change. Everybody say change. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself. And make a change. So look, <laughs> with the Lord, with the Lord, okay, okay. It's not self-help book. Look at point number one. Look at point number one. Point number one, this is powerful. Look at point number one, okay, in your, in your, in your screen there. Pain and frustration, oh, I'm going to shout here with you, can actually move you to make a decision that eventually can align you to your destiny. Uh oh, wait, wait, wait. Pain and frustration can actually move you to make a decision that eventually allows you to your destiny. How do you say that, Pastor George? Because some of you would have never stepped inside of a church if pain was not present in your life. 
Some of you would have never driven an hour to get to a church if all hell wasn't breaking loose in your family. You, and, and pain and frustration said, we got to get in our car and we got to get some sort of worship, some sort of anointing, some sort of things with the people of God. It was pain that drove some of you to church. And it was pain that drove some of you to the hospital that at first it was, you thought it was just a, a little a lump on your throat. And the doctor said, well, Praise God, we didn't see a lump on your throat, but we discovered a little lump in your lung that was precancerous. But because you came early enough, we're taking care of it. Oh, God. You've got to understand. Now, this is where I'm going to get up today when it comes to the sun and the rain. And I want you to look at Matthew chapter 5 because this is powerful. Matthew chapter 5 is uh, verse 43, verse 45. Jesus says something about sending rain. Everybody say rain. And he says the sun, he sends, sends the sun and the rain to the just and the unjust. Now remember, this morning I'm talking about the, the negative feeling of the rain, the storm. The negative feeling. Am I just talking to somebody or how many have been through some storms in your life? You're currently going through some? Okay, now, now watch this, watch this. Look at Matthew chapter 5 verse 43. Are you getting something this morning? Look at verse 43. Put it up there in the New King James. Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Look at what, keep going. Verse, verse 44. But Jesus says, I say to you, love your enemies. <laughs> listen, listen, no, 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 no just only flesh person wrote this. It had to be God to write this right. This is not in our nature, right? Bless, listen, love your enemies, bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That just eliminates some of the New York uh, spirit that some of y'all have. Like, you know, the Miami spirit. Like, I'm just going to break them down. Right? Trust me, I've wanted to do that a lot of times. For he makes his, watch this. Are you ready for the shout? For he, sorry, that you may be sons of your father in heaven. For he makes his, the sun rise on the evil and, and, and on the good, and he sends the rain on the just and the unjust. He sends the rain and the heat, right? The sun and the rain, he sets them up, and each one of them have their own manifestations at different times and seasons of the earth and different times of our life. Thank God it's not always a hurricane here in Florida. It feels that way. But thank God it's not always a hurricane. But there's sometimes that it's not light rains. Sometimes they're catastrophic rains. And what do you do to recover when there's catastrophic storms currently happening in your life? And, and, and the reason why I say this is because I believe that some of our frustration and some of the things that we're actually cursing is something that's going to be working a far more way of glory than we have even known. Look, look at point number two before I really get off in here this, this morning. Look at point number two. Don't curse your frustration because it might just be the tool that God uses for you to make significant, watch this, leaps of faith in your life. Oh, my. This is for somebody. Listen. 
Don't curse your frustration because it just might be the tool that God uses to make, to make you have significant, watch this, leaps of faith in your life. No one likes the feeling of being stuck. No one likes the feeling of frustration. So you either stay there and die or frustration will motivate you to say, I've got to do something about this. I got to do something about my calling. I got to do something about my marriage. I got to do something about my finances. I got to do something about my, me not living right. I've got to start having a leap of faith because I'm tired of being frustrated all the time. Sometimes God allows frustration to transition you to your next assignment. Or cause you to get out of your comfort zone and start for the first time taking leaps of faith to trust God radically. In areas of your life where you need breakthrough. Listen, a lot of people need breakthrough and all they do is just sit down waiting for a breakthrough. And they're, and they're miserable. It's like that movie Grumpy Old Men. They're always grumpy. A person that has not gotten their breakthrough yet is, is in the middle of the storm and they're grumpy. 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 They're yelling. They're screaming. And, and, and they're agitated. Everything is agitated. takes them. You know why? Because they're in a season of a torrential downpour. Oh, come on, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen here. But you, I, I'm just telling you this. I'm, I'm telling you this true story. Do you know what launched RCC? It was not just a, a, a demonic frustration, but it was a spiritual frustration. Because when the Lord spoke to me, I waited two years, be, all in the name of faithfulness. See, some of us, we're faithful and we're thinking, oh, this, this, this thing inside of me, this frustration inside of me, I'm just going to let it pass. And well, guess what? It got worse. And I remember something was wrong. Because I, when I was a youth pastor, I would preach angry to the youth in my, in, when my season was up. I, I, I mean, I would just preach angry. <laughs> Sam was like, amen, I remember that. <laughs> like, like when it was time for me to transition and I didn't have the language, we went from 200 youth to about 50 youth. And I was just angry at the youth. I would be preaching, I'd be preaching, and I'd be like, you guys don't even love coming here. I'd be preaching like that. And you guys are late all the time. And, and people were looking at me like, man, you're angry. I go, no, I'm not. Watch this, watch this. That spiritual frustration was a sign that my assignment as a youth pastor was over and he was trying to get my attention. You know what had happened? The brook dried up. The brook at one time supplied for Elijah. But even as beautiful as that brook was, at one time it dried up and Elijah, and the Lord says, get up out from here. This is no longer a place of you. I know you're frustrated, but if you stay there, you're going to remain frustrated. Frustration, spiritual frustration, watch this, along with the confirmation of the voice of the Lord. Don't, don't, don't just take spiritual frustration and say, I'm out of here. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, coupled with the voice of the Lord, I, I, let me just clarify myself. The voice of the Lord came first, but because I didn't want to move, God started doing what I call a spiritual bowel movement. You know, you know sometimes you're like, oh, I, ain't going, I ain't going, and all of a sudden you hear somebody go, You're like, no, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. And then the, and, and your stomach is speaking, yo, yes, you will. <laughs> I'm going to make you move. What happened is the voice of the Lord came, and I did not want to do it because I was scared. I knew that I had to take a leap of faith to start the church, but I did not want to do it because, honestly, I didn't have any desire to be a senior pastor. And so two years went by, and God, <laughs> and God says, okay, okay, okay. I love you so much, but you know what? I'm going to start drying things up. Dry things up. 
And all of a sudden, because I was not being obedient to the Lord, all this dryness and causes spiritual frustration. Spiritual frustration is a precursor for transition. Oh, you better write that down. That was good stuff. That's not in my notes. That's not in my notes. Spiritual frustration can be a precursor of God's voice for the next transition in your life. I can speak of people that I'm looking at right now that I've met a, a year and a half ago. Spiritual sons and daughters I've known for years. Met them at a restaurant. And guess what caused their, their, their season of change and why they're here today? Spiritual frustration mixed with the voice of the Lord. How about your calling? God has called you to be a missionary and you say to the Lord, well, I don't have any money and that's why I'm not going. Guess what? If God called you, you're going to be spiritually frustrated until you do it. Listen, a lion when it's inside of a cage is protected better than the lion outside. It eats better than the lion outside. How, you say how? Yes, because daily, daily the master gives a lion inside of a cage meat that they don't have to go searching for. Bathed and watered and, and, and washed all those bugs that are attached to the outside free lion that is, has all these kinds of stuff. But although the lion inside of a cage is getting fed better right, is getting the best provision, right, shelter, and getting the best meat. It's dying on the inside because it's not doing what it was born to do. It's dying. Why? Because lions were born to hunt, not to just to get food. Let me tell you something. If you're spiritually frustrated after, after the voice of the Lord has challenged you and sp spoken with you is because he's trying to tell you, stop waiting on me to do it. I'm waiting for you to do it. If, I, if I've spoke to you to be obedient to something, listen, how will you handle the rain and the sun? Oh, God, this is good stuff. How will you handle the rain and the sun? Okay, say the rain and the sun. I read this, I read this, um, this story years ago about an egg, a carrot, and a coffee bean. Have you, have you guys ever heard that? Right? Come on, Holy Ghost. So the egg, and so all these three things. Now watch this. You and I will come out, the, our true character. Are you ready to shout? Are you ready to shout? Our true character will come out through the fire and through the rain. Our true, I want to say that again. Our true character of what we're really made up of in the Lord is going to truly come out when you are put in the boiling waters of affliction. The boiling waters of pain, the boiling waters of frustration. That's what truly will come. Not what comes out your mouth. And I know people that could quote scriptures better than me. But what they're really made of is not that. They're disguising their mature, they're, they're, sorry, they're disguising their weaknesses by quoting a lot of scriptures so that they will bring attention to the fact that they need to change something in their life. The devil could quote scriptures and look at the devil, look at him. The devil quotes scriptures to Jesus, right? Now, now watch this. So the carrot, here's a carrot. The carrot came in, all three were, were, were put in boiling water. Sun, rain, okay. So the carrot came in hard. And when, the, when it was put into the affliction, burning, pressure, affliction of the boiling water, it came out soft and it kind of crumbled. All right. Now, yes, we, we, we like some for eating, that's good, but I'm talking for the purposes of their stability and their makeup, okay? Now, the egg was put in there, and the egg started off soft, pliable, sensitive. You know, see, see where I'm going? See where I'm going? And it was put in the boiling water, and the boiling water changed that egg 
from being soft and pliable to hard. Hard. And I'm giving you a foreshadow of what I'm going to say at the end of this message. But storms will either give you tenderness of heart or hardness of heart. But the coffee bean? They put the coffee bean in the boiling water, but the boiling water did not change the coffee bean. On the contrary, the coffee bean changed the boiling water. The coffee bean, when it was put in the boiling water, the coffee bean turned the boiling water into coffee, into drinkable coffee. But when you looked at the bean, come on, when you looked at the bean, nothing changed about the bean because it was designed to be in that water. Listen, we, you say, what? I'm designed... Paul the Apostle gave this really great encouragement to the, book, to the disciples in the book of Acts. Are you ready for this encouragement? We must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of heaven. Come on, Paul, give me something encouraging. That is encouraging. Because if, you, if you're thinking you're never going to go through anything, you're going to quit the faith. You're going to be offended. And you're going to say, why did God allow me to do this? He was preparing them. You and I must through many afflictions enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because we're, we're, we're flesh. Oh, come on, I know this is good. You've got to know how to deal with a storm. Can I just be honest? This is, for, this, this, is, this is for free here for you, okay? This is not in my notes here. Stop complaining about the process and start doing something about it scripturally. He sends the rain. Come on, you know what? When pain comes, some of us are the carrot in this room. We come out hard. We're hard. You know what? And, and, and we come out soft, but sometimes that softness makes us quiet and retreat, right? Some of us are like that egg that we were pliable before and we were sensitive before to the Holy Spirit. And then we got into the boiling waters of affliction and pain and it's turned you hard. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. You don't care anymore. Your conviction level goes low. Your holiness level goes low. You become hard. You, work, you don't want to worship. But if you become that coffee bean in the spirit... Thank God for the Spanish Bustelo and, and Pilon and hallelujah. <laughs> listen, listen. Whether you're a coffee drinker or not, I know God in, in heaven will drink coffee because he, he brews, baby. He brews. And <laughs> I, had, I had to throw a little corny, corniness in there. <laughs> but, <laughs> the co listen, though. Listen, though. This is powerful. The coffee bean didn't change with the pressure. It actually produced something beautiful out of the bean. Without, are you ready for this? Without the hot boiling water, the bean could not produce coffee. Some of you want to be strong and some of you want to produce great things for the Lord. And you get mad when you start getting tested because your character needs to be developed. Because if God gives you something just because you're gifted, you will start hurting people in the process. I know people that are very gifted, but they don't care how they treat people. It's because you can't shortcut, listen, you said, you can't shortcut the destination process of, the, of where you're at to the promised land. The children of, oh, this is good stuff. The children of Israel back in 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, did not have helicopters or airplanes to bypass the River Jordan. They had to go through the River Jordan to go to the, to the land of Canaan. See, right now we could shortcut the, 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 the Jordan River. Now, what's the Jordan River? Jordan is, River was the, considered the ugliest, murkiest, darkest river of all of Israel. 
And, and nobody wanted to go through that. It was dark and murky. But in order for Joshua, glory to God, to go from where he was at to the promised land, he had to cross the Jordan. Some of you want to get to the promised land and want to fly over the Jordan. You want to shortcut the Jordan. Oh, come on. I'm, pre I'm, I'm about to. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. This is what we do. This is what I used to do. I used to quote this all the time. I used to quote all the time. Lord, Philippians, you know, Philippians 4. That I may know you. That I may know you. And, 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 and that I may know you. I just want to know you, Lord. And I just want to know you. And, and God said, keep reading. <laughs> that I may know you. And the fellowship of your sufferings. I want to know you. Paul said, I want to know you and the fellowship of your sufferings. Why? Why? Because if I embrace this, I know something glorious is going to come out. And I know that Jesus is going to shine through me. And I'm going to start looking more like Jesus. I'm not glorifying suffering, but I'm saying you don't skip over it. It's part of the process to tenderize you. To get something glorious out of you. Come on, say amen. Come on, say amen. Come on, say there's a purpose for my storm. Come on, say there's a purpose for my pain. I love this scripture. 1 Peter chapter 4. I could tell you're getting something. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12. Maybe I need to do more of these one, one hit little sermons there here. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12 through 16. And then we're going to jump to the 19. Now this is one of my favorites. But I want to read it in the NLT. NLT describes some of the purpose for the storm. I'm, I'm helping you this morning. Why? Because many of you are currently in a storm. You're in the rain. He sends the rain and the sun. But if you ignore it, hear me now, if you just ignore it and don't do anything about it, you will develop a hard heart. You can. You can develop a hard heart. Now look at 1 Peter chapter 4. Put that up there. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 through 16 in the NLT. Are you ready? Watch this. Everyone look at this. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through. That, I could just say amen and go home and, and, and have you be convicted at the altar. Because we're so surprised at the fiery trials. And watch this. Not only are we surprised, we're always blaming the devil. <laughs> look, look. Don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through. Watch this. As if something strange were happening to you. <laughs> something, something is off. I just feel dry. I rebuke this dry season. Holy Spirit is like, I, this is not the devil that, that's, that's allowing you to do this. I'm bringing you into something so that I could start getting stuff out of you and heal you. But when you detox, it doesn't feel good. You feel weak. You feel groggy. I'm detoxing. I've been on a detox for two weeks, and I'm just like, seriously, I'm not joking. I'm just like, I, I want to sleep for hours. I mean, you've been through a detox, Right? There's some detox that has the other negative side of it, but I won't, I won't go there. Watch this. Watch First Peter. Re let's, let's keep on reading. Instead, be very glad. See very, say very glad. Now, watch this. Watch this. For these trials makes you partners with Christ in his suffering. So that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. Again, the word glory. Okay? 
Now watch, look at this, look at this next verse. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed for the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. Now I love what Paul's, uh, I mean, uh, what Peter said because he brings a balance, right? He goes, if you suffer however, it must not be because you suffer as a murderer. You know, some people call that persecution. Man, I'm just being so persecuted, but man, I'm going to jail and God doesn't hear me. No, no, no. Don't suffer because you're a murderer or stealing or making trouble or prying into other people's affairs. Look at verse 16. But it's no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Oh, my gosh. Did, that, did the Bible just say that? But it is no shame to suffer as being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his nature. Now, watch this. Now, look at verse 19 is what I'm going to hit at. But look at verse 17. No, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. We're going to verse 19. Here it is. Here it is. So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, now I want you to read this real slow because I, I used to read this over and over again and it, the Lord highlighted this to me just a couple of days ago. Keep on doing what is right. Wait, 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 wait. Listen to this. If you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you and for he will never fail you. Those fra that phrase stuck out to me. Why did Peter say, if you're suffering in a matter of pleasing God, keep on doing what's right? Because he knows that the body of Christ, if you suffer, you, the first thing that probably goes out the window is your desire to keep on doing what is right. Come on, I'm, I'm preaching good here. Listen, if you are suffering in any way and your heart has been broken, the last thing you want to do is sometimes keep going. But Peter, he knew, he says, if you're suffering in a manner that pleases God, in other words, you're getting persecuted for righteousness, uh, you, you're going through some mysterious problem with your family, but you're holding it together and, and you're trying to, 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 to live right, or someone says something about you and you're trying not to get offended at them, but it still hurts you, right? The Lord says, keep doing what is right. And let me just pause and say this, because I feel this from the Lord. Sometimes... You need to allow the Lord to bring loving correction to your life. Loving correction is not a sign that he's not a father. As a matter of fact, it's a sign that he is a father. Because the, the writer of Hebrews says no correction is good for the moment. It's painful. But afterwards it yields the fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So God sometimes will prune us. And there's a whole uh, uh, different size of pruning, right? But I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on Peter saying keep on doing what is right. It's about perception. I'm going to talk about perception in a second. As a matter of fact, you know what? I'm going, to share, I'm going to share that right now. What is perception? I want you to have that slide ready, Zach. Everybody say perspection. Perspective, sorry. <laughs> That's a PG word. Perspective. When pain, frustration, loneliness, anxiety come to you, the way that you overcome is through perspective. And what is perspective is two things, right? Perspective is, what do you see? Come on, say that with me. Say, what do I see? Come on, I, want, I need you to say this. Say, what do I see? Because many of you are seeing your affliction as, uh, again, I, I'm horrible. I'm a horrible person. The devil is after me. Um, I'm, 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 I'm the lowest of the world. God can't trust me anymore. Or you are just start getting mad at God. But you know number two is, how do you see it? So perspective during the storm, the rain, watch this, the rain, during the rain and during the heat, right, is A, 
what do you see right now? Think about what do you, in your life, what do you see? What do you see? Fill in the blanks. Marriage, finance, um, uh, restoration problems with people, relationship problems, uh, kid problems. What do you see? Anger, bitterness, unforgiveness. What do you see? Number two, how do you see it? Say, how do you see it? Say, how do I see it? There's a story that I want, that I've said before, but it, there's a lot of new people that it comes to perspective that I want to share today because it will bring healing to you. There was a story of a man named Robert Clark. You've heard this probably a year ago of me saying this, but because of this message, I want to share it again. Robert Clark, in the early 1900s, wanted to, him and his family, he lived in Scotland, and he wanted to go to the United States of America. He had saved 20 years back then in 1914, early 1900s, okay? And he saved for years to try to go on a ship, uh, the biggest form of transportation, to be able to go to America, all right? A week before he had bought his tickets, he had saved all this money. Everybody say perspective. And he got... He was able to finally get the tickets for all of his family to go. A week before the, the, the trip was set to go, his son was outside and a stray dog, he was playing with a stray dog, and that dog bit him, right? And because of that time, you think COVID has anything on quarantine? They had quarantine all hundreds and hundreds of years ago. But because of the threat of rabies, they put a yellow flag on the top of his window, outside of his window, to quarantine this family for 14 days because they could not go anywhere because of the threat of rabies. So this family, because the, because the son got bitten by a dog, was now quarantined for 14 days. The, they re, when he realized he was going to miss his trip to the United States from Scotland, he began to curse God and he began to curse even his son for being so foolish in his eyes to get bit by a dog and miss the 20-year hope that they had to leave Scotland and go to America. In frustration, he, he didn't talk to his family, and he went out somewhere. A couple days later, he went to a local newspaper stand, and he read an article that read, The Great Titanic Has Sunk. And he read that newspaper. It says, The Great, in 1914 or 15, whatever the year was, The Great Titanic Has Sunk. He threw that newspaper down, began to get on his knees, lifted up his hands, and began weeping uncontrollably because he realized that he was supposed to be on that ship. The tickets that he had bought was for the Titanic to go from Scotland all the way to the United States. But he never made it there. And so when he saw that, he repented towards God. He, re he hugged his, his son and said, I'm so sorry for blaming you. And he saw the perspective of what was happening that actually saved him. Now, that doesn't mean that there were non-Christians in the boat. That doesn't mean that other people. I can't explain that. All I know is this story. I can't explain everything in the world. But I will say this. You better thank God for the rain. You better thank God for the heat sometimes. It's not just shaping character. It's, there's, there's some things that are actually aligning you into a purpose that you don't even realize. Frustration, spiritual frustration has caused many that I know go for, for days of fasting and prayer until revival hit. Do you know that it's because of some spiritual frustration that people have that they're not happy with what's happening in the land that drives people to fast and pray until they see a breakthrough? It's a spiritual frustration. That's why, that's why Paul the Apostle says, be angry and sin not. You can have righteous 
You can have righteous indignation to want to see change in the land. And, and because you want to see change so much, you will do something about it. Let me pause and say this. How bad do you want something in your marriage? How bad do you want something in your finances? How bad do you want something in your personal walk with God? How bad do you want something in your relationships? Don't just stand there. Don't let the rain pummel you. Move. Move into that direction. Come on, say amen. Look at this, look, look, look at this next slide. Oh, this is good. You will always have a greater revelation of God and yourself at the end of your storm than in the beginning of your storm. You will always have a greater revelation of God and yourself at the end of your storm than in the beginning. Because in the beginning of your storm, all you see is your storm. But at the end of the storm, you see what God has done. And you know what? Even in this affliction that, that I'm, I'm going through, there was one, I wasn't planning on sharing this, but I... I, I I have seen how the Lord has given me so much more mercy for those who are hurting when I'm hurting. When, when I'm hurting physically and there's people that are coming to me crying saying, you don't know what I'm going through, Pastor, could you pray for me? I go, I know exactly what you're going through. Many times I'm ministering in pain. I remember there was this lady, uh, there, was a, uh, there was a girl, I think it was a year and a half ago. I forgot who, I don't know, Lolita, somebody brought them. It was a, it was a, it was a girl, it was a small girl, skinny. And she was young, and she had no idea why. She, she has all these pain, all this problem, and she's crying, and she's crying, she's crying. And after service, they, they bring her up to me, right? And, she's bring, and they bring her up to me, and I'm like, what's wrong with you? She's like, I don't know, and she's desperate. She's crying. You know, she's, she's a young adult, and she's like, I'm pain all over. I, I, it's, like, it's like pins and needles. It's like fire. It's all this stuff. And uh, uh, no doctor knows what, what was happening. And she's, she feels so despondent. And I felt like I was, the, I was right there. I'm like, I know exactly what you're going through. I've been to like 30 doctors. So I said, I bet you're feeling this. She goes, yeah. I said, I bet you don't want to wake up sometimes, right? I bet you don't want to go to work sometimes, don't you? I bet, and I started talking to her. And it's like, how do you know this? And I, and I just stood silent. And I said, because I've walked through this. So when I laid hands on her, let me t tell you what happened. Uh, I had such compassion for that person because I identified with their pain. Sometimes we don't see all that God is doing in the storm, but is steering us to not only be more like Christ, but to get healed and bring a vessel of healing. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear a better amen? You know that they say botanists. You know what a botanist is like. It's like a it's like uh, people like doctors for trees in a sense, right? Or scientists for trees. You know that botanists say that trees actually need strong sun and rain and wind, not just to be flexible, but they actually need strong winds, strong winds, strong heat that they don't like, that the tree is uncomfortable with. Because the bending of them not only makes them flexible, but it draws the sap out of the roots quicker through the wind and the rain. Which will nourish the branches, which will bring much fruit. I feel the Holy Ghost. There's two types of pain. Whew, I feel the Lord, man. There's two types of pain. Two types of frustration, two types of storms. The first pain is the pain that comes through injustice. When some sort of injustice happened in your life, there's real pain. Then there's the pain that I call the healing pain that comes right after something is removed 
like a surgery or a rotten tooth that has to be removed and you're feeling pain from that rotten tooth being, being gone or a surgery that happens and you're feeling this after effect of the surgery but it's the healing pain. Sometimes we have to address issues in our life that are painful so that we could bring healing in our lives. Sometimes we have to admit that we have addictions to this. Sometimes we have to admit that we're not treating each other right. Sometimes we have to admit that our marriage is not what Facebook says or Instagram says. Sometimes we have to admit that we're just not living right and you're pretending in front of all your Christian friends to, to, to live right. Sometimes you have to address things that are painful. Watch this. So you can be free. Thank you for that. Amen. I want, I want the, the, the worship team to come up here because I'm I have just a few more things, but I want the worship team. Do you feel the Lord in this place? I want the worship team to come up. And I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures and then we're going to pray. Say this after me. Say, he sends the rain and the sun to the just and the unjust. Other than scripture, other than scripture, because we know the scripture. But sometimes, how would we really know other than scriptures, okay? Because we, we, we don't have to go through something always to know something. We can know th something through the scriptures and not go through it. But how would we know truly within ourselves, with all that you have, without faith, without faith, that God is Jehovah Jireh if you never at one time were broke and he came through? How would you know that? He is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Not just through the word. Believe me, I'm giving, I'm giving credit to the word. But how would you know for sure if you didn't have the word? If one day you were sick and God miraculously healed you. I'm looking at Robin back there. Robin, we were saying stuff about our, our initiative. But Robin, I don't know if I can say that. But like when I shared my affliction with her, she, she told me for years she had this disease. And no one knew what it was. And she was just down and out, down and out for years, affliction. Could barely move, could barely get out of bed. She was telling me this about a year ago or so. And then through the process of time, she never gave up. She kept applying things in the natural and in the spiritual. Let me pause. If you're only trying to deal with things in the spiritual when it comes to your health and not applying the physical, that's like saying, I'm going to eat five hamburgers and say the blood of Jesus is going to cover all my arteries. It's not going to happen. She started eating right. She started praying. And she said within, I mean, suddenly, this uncurable disease she got totally healed from. Do you know that when, when she tells people, when she told me about, about the fact that she got healed, I could feel the presence of God because she, I knew now that it wasn't just someone trying to encourage me. There was someone alive out there that actually was sick and got healed. Guess what? Real evidence of you going through something will help not only build your faith, but help somebody know that there's hope on the other end. Now watch this. I'm going to close with this. How many are getting something? I want you to, to look at these last two slides. The first slide I want you to put up there. Having the wrong perspective everybody say perspective having the wrong perspective during times of frustration or pain 
or suffering can produce a hardened heart towards obedience to God. Now, I want you to keep that up there. Having a, having a wrong perspective. Some of you just need to be honest with yourselves this morning and say, do I have the right perspective for what I'm going through? Am I cursing God left and right? Am I blaming everybody else? Am I looking at myself maybe just a little bit to see how, how God forbid I have contributed maybe, maybe? Now some of you, that doesn't apply to. But if you're talking about a, uh, are you talking about a, a, a relationship with somebody? Or are you talking about a financial problem? You have to look at yourself eventually, right? You have to look at yourself and say, how have I overspent? Other than the rare moments where someone just stole your whole bank account. That's pretty rare. But most of the time is, are you tithing? Well, how, how are you a good steward of your money? Look at this. Having the wrong perspective during times of pain, suffering, and frustration can produce a hardened heart towards obedience to God. Now, I wrote some things down about the manifestations of a hard heart. You could write it down. It's not going to be on your screen. The, here's a, a manif some manifestations or symptoms of a hardened heart, especially through pain and suffering. How many can be honest? Don't be all spiritual with me now. How many have felt at times in your life that your heart has been hardened because of the storms in your life? I could say I could put my foot up to my pinky toe. Here's some manifestations that happen in my life. And not so much just in my life, but it happened in other people's life when you have a hardened heart, especially when pain comes, right? It lowers your conviction level. In other words, when you have a hardened heart, think about what I'm about to say. You will open up yourself faster to things like pornography than when you had a soft heart. And I'm not saying this is my testimony at all it's not but what I'm saying is you will have your conviction level of watching things maybe a movie or listening to something for me I'll be transparent to me when I started developing a hard heart I went back to the I see my friend Joshua over there I, I went back to the, like the NWA and the, and the and the yeah I did and I said I'm gonna let God have it I won't listen to this music and I know it's gonna be cursing Hey, I'm just being transparent, but I'm just saying everything that you guys don't want to say back to me. When I developed a hardened heart years ago because of pain and frustration and offense, my, my resort was, I didn't, I, my conviction level, I knew it was wrong. But while I'm listening, think about it. Here I, here I am, a man of God, years ago, and I'm listening to bleep, 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 and, and bleep the police. And I'm like, and the whole time the Holy Spirit's going, Know why? Because a hardened heart lowers your conviction. And you don't care anymore about living holy. You, oh, I feel the Holy Spirit here. Be careful with a hardened heart because the first thing that goes out the window is your desire to live right. That's why Paul, that's why Peter says, keep with doing what's right. Remember? Another symptom of a hardened heart is your inability to hear God's voice. Woo! Turn to someone and say, woo! I guarantee you, with everything in me, you're not going to be hearing the voice of God clearly with a hardened heart. Lord, give me your direction. All heaven's going to seem closed. If you have a hardened heart, 
it's going to be very hard to hear the voice of God saying, forgive that person. But they hurt me. I still want you to forgive them, though, because forgiveness sets you free. The voice of the Lord will spare you from doing some really foolish things. Pause and say, God, I'm hurting. I, I feel like I'm developing a hard heart right now because things are not changing with my situation. What are you trying to tell me? The first thing that you need to say is, Lord, don't stop speaking. Can I, can I just be really, really honest with you? I tell people all the time, my scariest reality is not hell, even though hell is a very scary reality, but I know where I stand with God. My scariest reality is when I no longer can hear the voice of conviction convicting me for what I used to be convicted of. So you're trying to tell me that if you used to be convicted of something and all of a sudden you're no longer convicted, that God changed his mind? And don't, please don't use the excuse that you've grown. That's not being grown. Inability to hear God's voice. Third, the third symptom of a hard heart. Anger, bitterness, and unforgiveness. With people, even with God. Some of you need to make that, some of you need to be at peace with God. You need to say, God, I, I've been angry at you. And let me give you a clue. Just a little clue here, right? If you're mad at God, you're going to be mad at people. <laughs> Just a little revelation here. If you're secretly mad at God, don't expect for you to love people well. Because the first commandment says this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then love your neighbor as yourself. You can't love your neighbor if you don't love God. You can't love yourself if you don't love God. Woo. The fourth revelation, sorry, symptom of a hardened heart is eventually giving up and backsliding. Do you know the backsliders, by the time they fully act out on their backsliding, had many moments that the voice of God was trying to get in. Had many moments of warning. Many moments. Oh, shut up. Just lift our hands. I just feel the Holy Ghost here. That prodigal son, that prodigal daughter, you had many moments where the Lord was trying to get your attention. But you, but you backslid because you were hurting and you developed a hardened heart. Some of you guys, if you're not careful, you're on the brink of backsliding. I don't, I don't say this often here, but some of you are on the brink of backsliding because you no longer hear his voice. You no longer care. You've been hurt so much that you're just, here's the dangerous part, you're going through the motions. You know when to shout, you know when to sing, you know when to clap, but you don't know when to repent. You don't know when to change. You don't know that God is knocking on your door. How can you hear the voice of God if you're angry at God? And then lastly, I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures and I'm going to close. I feel the Holy Spirit here. That last slide, this last slide, having the right perspective during times of pain, suffering, and frustration can produce a tender heart towards obedience to God. What are the symptoms of a tender heart to God, even when all hell is breaking loose? Here's a symptom of a tender heart. You remain faithful when everything in you wants to give up. Having done all things to stand, stand therefore. 
stand there for. When you have injustice in your life and everything is screaming in you, run, get out. They don't hear you. God doesn't hear you. Leave. When you have a tender heart in the midst of the rain and in the midst of the sun beating down on you, the symptom of a tender heart will stay faithful and not run. Stay planted and not leave. And not get offended and not bitter. Number two, the symptom of a tender heart will give you an eternal mindset like Paul. You have a tender heart. So you have an eternal mindset that this is just for a moment. For a moment. Three, symptom of a tender heart produces continual trust, watch this, in God's promises of future victory and healing. Wow. Having a tender heart, I'm going to read that, will give you, will produce continual trust in God's promises of future victory, future healing. Some people say, why pray? I'm not, I'm not going to get better. I don't feel better. But a tender heart says, one day you will. Do you know the moment that I say I will never get healed is the moment that I could open up myself for depression. Every day I wake up and says, this is going to be the day. But the moment, the moment I say, oh, it's over, I'm never going to get healed, and I develop a hard heart, I will never contend for healing again. I'll never have faith again. But my friends, if there's any glimmer of hope left in you, know that God is greater than your storm. I'm going to say this real quick. Real quick, Hebrews chapter 10, then we're going to go to Hebrews 11, and I'm going to end with this. Look at what the scripture says about, hear me, zoom in, zoom in. Look at what the scripture says about understanding the season of the rain and the storm in your life. Look at the writer of Hebrews chapter 10, look at what it says, put it up there. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32 through 36 in the NLT. Are you ready? This is the, this is the most critical part of my message right here. Think about, look at this, think about those days, those early days when you first learn about Christ. Listen, this is the writer of Hebrews saying it in the NLT. Remember how you remained, everybody say faithful. Come on, say faithful. Come on, say faithful. Remember when you remained faithful even though it meant terrible. I can't hear you, RCC. I can't hear you, RCC. Remember when you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. He goes, remember back in the days when you first got saved and all there was was Jesus and you were suffering greatly, but you remained faithful? I want you to remember those days. Now watch this. Look at verse 33. Go to the next verse. Sometimes you were exposed. He's, he's, the writer of Hebrews is actually remembering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule. You were beaten. And sometimes you help others who are suffering in the same things. Keep going. Keep going. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all you owned was taken from you. Wow. Watch this. You, expect, you accepted it with joy. That's, that's that early Christian stage. That's that baby stage where, where you're just enthralled with Jesus. And all you would do is say the name of Jesus and phew, the presence of God was there. And even though you lost friends, even though you lost things, you were joyful because you had salvation. 
you accepted with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you. Oh my God. You knew that there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. Perspective. Now watch. Keep going to verse 36. So do not, RCC, read this. Do not throw, no, no, no. There's 35, 35, 35. Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great, everybody say, reward. I'm going to give you a little clue in, in, in closing. You want to have the fuel to endure? Is to look at the reward. This is temporary what you're going through. But one day you're going to be free. One day you're going to be healed. I said one day you're going to be sound. Some, one day you're not going to walk with that emotional limp anymore. One day you're going to smile again. One day you're going to have laughter again. One of these days you're going to have that authority and boldness again. Everybody say reward. That's the motivation. Look at verse 36. Quickly. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue. <laughs> Why patient endurance? So that you can continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. The very next chapter in the, hall, in, the, in the hall of fame of faith, God talks about this same principle, but through the person of Moses. Now watch this. Hebrews, um, this is the last scripture, 11, verse 24. In the NLT, are you with me? Is God speaking to you this morning? Watch this, watch this, watch this. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, <laughs> refused to be called the son's Listen, the son of daughter of the Pharaoh's daughter. Look at this. Look at verse 25. He chose. Everybody say he chose. Say, I got to choose. Come on, say, I got to choose. Say, I got to choose. I got a choice to make. In the midst of the storm, in the midst of the rain, in the midst of the sun, I have a choice. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Why? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. Why? For he was looking ahead to his great reward. Oh, glory to God. I said glory to God. He chose to endure because he, he knew one day, whether it's in this lifetime or in the next lifetime, the Lord is going to give me a crown for standing and I'm going to be joyful. Let me tell you something. We need to thank God for the rain sometimes. We need to thank God for the storm sometimes. There was a 78-year-old woman that I read. This is the last story. And this 78-year-old woman was bound by strong tape with her mouth, her wrist, and her feet all throughout her body. She was beaten almost half to death. She was thrown into a pit. They took all her money. They took her purse and they threw her into an embankment and into a pit and they left her to die. They thought, surely this old woman is going to die. They robbed her. Shortly after this horrible thing happened, things got in the natural 
worse because there was an immediate torrent of, of rain that was over less than 35 degrees. The rain kept coming as she's in that pit and she's crying and instead of help, she's having this torrential rain come that's 35 degrees and the people left and they thought she was dead. A couple days later, they saw this same woman walking around and, 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 and looking for the police so that they, she could inform what happened. When they interviewed her, they said, how did you get free? Were you thinking about your sons or your granddaughters that got you free? She goes, no, I love my granddaughters and I love my sons. Although I love them, that didn't set me free. They said, what set you free? It was the force of the rain that eventually loosened my tape so that I could be able to be set free. It was the rain during the time that I was left for dead. The rain that was cold, the rain that was pounding, the rain that was really uncomfortable was the force to loosen the tapes so I could free myself. Oh, come on, church. I need you to stand up right now. Come on, I need you to stand up. Come on, somebody say the rain and the sun. I still got to act right. There's a purpose for my frustration. Come on. There's a purpose for my pain. There's a purpose for my for, for what I'm going through. Come on, I want you to lift up your hands right now. All over this building. I want you to lift up your hands. The Lord is healing some people. Come on. I want you to lift. I want you to, everything we have, team, I want you to lift it up. Go ahead, Zach. I want everyone to lift up your hands. If you're going through a storm, the Lord wants you to know. Don't give up and have a hardened heart. God says, do the first fruits. Repent and see where the Lord wants to, to use you. Repent and see that the Lord brings the rain on the just and on the unjust. If we have the right perspective, we'll have a tender heart. And God will bring healing. God will bring hope. God will bring victory. God will bring a breakthrough. Come on, I want everyone in this house to lift up your hands right now. I feel the Spirit of God moving. Come on. I don't want you to give up. I don't want you to give up. Come on, lift your hands all over this place. Jesus, Jesus. You make the mountains tremble. Come on. You make the darkness tremble. Darkness has to flee. Jesus, Jesus. Your silence fills. Jesus, Jesus. Come on. You make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. Come on, all over. All over. All over this place. Come on. Come on. Your name yes. is a light yes, that God. the shadows can't deny. Jesus. Your name cannot be overcome. Your name. Before you we leave, make the darkness tremble. Oh, stop, 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 stop. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear, God. Silence fear. Jesus, 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 you make the darkness tremble. One more time, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Come on, right now. Jesus, 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 you silence all the fear, God. 
eyes all over this room. Right now, if you're in this place, and I feel this so strongly, so strongly, today, we're not talking about the good effects of the rain and the good effects of the sun. We're talking about the storms in your life, the heat that's in your life right now. You're under some heat. You're under some waters. But many waters cannot quench his love. You're under some attack. And to some, to some, if you're honest with yourself, at some point in your life, either in your recent past that you haven't dealt with or even currently, if you're really honest with yourself, you will admit that some of the affliction and pain and frustration in your life, in your relationships, in your walk with God, has hardened your heart. And the voice of God has not been strong. And you're making excuses about your life when you know that you should. And that, that storm has unfortunately made you even sometimes upset with God. But God is calling today. God is calling today those who are going through a storm right now. Hear me. You're going through a storm right now. He wants you to respond and say, God, I want to be like Moses, that I'm going to look to the reward. Even though I don't feel it right now, I want to be obedient. What, what made Moses keep on going? What made Peter keep on going? Looking to the reward. What made Paul say, our light affliction is but for a moment because he had a revelation that is producing a far more weight of glory. Not just in heaven, says the Lord. But there's a far more weight of glory that I desire to pour into you, my people, if you just humble yourself. If there's people in here at the sound of my voice that you've been hurting, you've been in a season of deep frustration, you don't know how to get out, the Lord wants to help you today. The Lord wants you to come and just simply say, I say that that's me. I want to hear the voice of God again. I want to raise the conviction level of my life again. I want to stay faithful. If you're going through a storm right now, if you're going through pain right now, if you felt you missed it, I hear that from the Lord. Some of you, you felt, it's too late for me. I missed my time. The Lord says, no, it's not too late. That's right, I'm talking to you. It's not too late. Some of you are saying, well, I had a call 10 years ago to be a leader in the church and I was, I was disobedient. I don't want it. I didn't want it. But I know that if this is God's will for me, he's going to give me the grace. He's going to give me the tools. He's going to give me what I need to fulfill my calling. I'm going to say this real, real clear because I feel the Lord saying this. There's some of you that you're not doing what you're called to do and you're miserable. And that's why, listen, 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 listen. And for some of you, this is why you're in the storm. Remember Jonah? Remember Jonah? Remember Jonah? Storm came. Whew, I just saw that. Storm came because he was running away from his call. Not because God is a mean God, because he aligned him to a position to come back to his destiny. Elijah walked 40 days in the opposite direction when he was, should have confronted Jezebel. And God said after 40 days, what are you doing here? 
so today, I'm going to call for those who are going through a storm and you're hurting and you want to contend that God will keep you faithful and not develop a hard heart. And you need healing. That's number one. The second type of person I'm, I'm, I'm talking to under the Spirit of God is those who you, you may not be hurting uh, like some of them are hurting, but you know there's things that you've developed in your life because you're not doing what God has told you to do as far as your calling. I'm not talking about reading the word more or praying more. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your assignment, your calling. And God wants to heal that too. He wants to heal that too. If you're hurting and you're in a storm, or if you know that there's things that you want to restart in your life concerning the call of God that you kind of put aside, I want you to lift up your hands really quick all over this place. If that's you, if that's you, come on. I see it all over this room. I see it all over this room. I want you to take a step forward, and I want you to meet me in this altar right here. This is not a shameful thing. I just want you to present yourself to God. I just want you to be honest, and I just want you to lift up your hands to God right now. There's nothing I can do for you right now other than come in agreement with you. Come on, I want you to get out of your seats, all of you. I want you to close your eyes. This is between you and God. If you've developed a hard heart or there's some things in your life that you know you need to change to get to that place of tenderness again, I want you to come. I want you to lift up your hands. Come on, Zach and the team, I want you to end it with us. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.